you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Hello and welcome to NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. As part of our storyteller series, we invite legends to come on and tell their stories. Today we have a legend who's reached great heights in business and actual heights as he tries to become the first NFL legend to climb each of the seven summits. Please welcome Mark Patterson. Thank you. Mark, man, you look like you're ready to play. I'm ready to go right now, I mean, man. You, you're ripped up. Yeah. Now, do you have to use physical weights or are you all of this mountain climbing and keeps you physically fit the way you look now? Well, look, you, you got to, like anything, it's preparation meets opportunity, right? And on the football and the gridiron back in the day, um, we didn't just show up, right? We had a clear path on what we had to do to be able to take on. I was a wide receiver. I know you're a secondary guy. And for me to take on a guy like you, I had to bulk up. And for you to go up and, you know, hit on running backs and take on um, blockers and, and wide receivers, you know, you know, had to have certain techniques. And there's really no different from from what I need to do to prepare to put myself in the best possible position mm-hmm. of climbing these mountains. And now, you know, as you said, I've, I've climbed six of the seven highest mountains around the world. I've actually wow. been on Denali, which is up in Alaska, twice. I've uh, summited uh, Kilimanjaro 
um, twice, one with Chris Long and his group, the Waterboy group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been down there twice, and now I'm finally on the, the, the grand finale, the Super Bowl of all these things, uh, Mount Everest, coming up uh, in April of 2020. In April? Yep. Do you get any anxiety prior to climbing? Well, Mount Everest, I always get butterflies, no different than when from he, game. yeah, okay. from the game when mm-hmm. you and I used to be out there and they'd blow the whistle and you go through warm-ups and go through all those different things. The same thing happens whenever I get up and I'm at the front door of that mountain and I'm looking up and it's big and it's intimidating, right? And then the whistle blows and in this case they say, let's go. And we, we start getting up and going to the mountain. And no mountain is an overnight. I mean, these are weeks and weeks and weeks on the ice and, and making your way up. But again, going back to just what do you have to do to get to that next play? What do you have to do to put that next step in front of you? Mm-hmm. And then as these hazards come up, whether it's a safety blitz or whether it's a big gigantic crevasse or avalanche, you know, you take those on as you go. So you see a blitz. How would you describe a sight adjust on a mountain? Well, yeah, I mean, serious sight adjust, right? I mean, I've been in some crazy situations, right? And a lot of avalanches and going up ice walls that are 1,100 feet, 45-degree angle, you know, steep, where I've had people just roll over um, and just say, I'm not going anymore. And then what do you do? And it's like a, a fallen teammate. And it's just like, what do you do in that moment? And this is, the stakes are a little higher in terms of life and death than it is on a, on a football field. But the principles are still there in terms of you got to have that mindset and you got to keep going. When did climbing a mountain become a goal? Well, and why? Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Aeneas. And about eight years ago, I was going through a really difficult time. I was, I was uh, married to my high school sweetheart or college sweetheart for 24 years, with her for 30. And um, it's just nobody's fault. She's a wonderful person. But it just we, we just kind of ran the test of time. And, and it was really heartbreaking for me. I've got my daughter here in, in the studio today, my beautiful daughter, Claudette. And um, a Trojan, by a the way. Trojan. Yeah, I can't right, believe right that. Here. I'm a Husky too. NFL right? Network Studios. A, a, yeah, a Trojan. A right Trojan. Here. Yeah. yeah, and uh, you know, having to split the family is really difficult on me. And and after a couple of years, I just needed something to kind of really fuel and energize me. And I wanted to do something athletically great. And obviously, I couldn't go back and play in the NFL anymore. And so, being from uh, the Northwest, growing up in Seattle. Um, it's pretty mountainous. I'm sure you played up there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just started doing some research, and I found that no NFL player had ever climbed the seven summits. I said, you know what? I'm going to be that guy. And I didn't really have any grand plans, and I was in a pretty low spot mm-hmm. in, in that time, you know? And it was just, it was really more of a, a place for me to get healed mentally and physically. Um, physically, more from the standpoint of just not feeling great about myself. And um, it's been an amazing journey now, eight years later, because I went from kind of the figuring out how I could accomplish things, and especially on Kilimanjaro on that first one, which I really didn't know what I was doing. And we got down to summit day, and it was about 17,000 feet, and I just quit, and I just couldn't go. And I sat down, and this, this porter who I was climbing with comes up to me, he's jamming some protein bars down my mouth, and he's kind of giving me that flipper, you know, one of those, right? right? And, and so I, I finally I kind of came around, and he got me going. I made it to the top. I tagged the, the sign that's up there at 19,333 feet. And as I was coming down, I just burst into all these tears. And I hadn't cried in about 20 years, you know. Mm. And it, it was just a, it was a moment. It was like happy, happiness tears of, of like, hey, this is something that I can do. If I can get through this, metaphorically speaking, right. I can get through anything. And so from that moment in time, I just like revved me up. 
I got down and then we went on the next one. You know, I found myself in Russia of all places. And that's the highest mountain in, in Europe. And then the next year I found myself in Australia and I climbed that mountain. And then I went down, you asked me earlier about what's the highest peak I've been on, right. 23,000 feet in Argentina. It was amazing. We started with 12 people. And of the 12 people, only six made it. And we were having flying all these people off the mountain in these rescue helicopters. Flying them off the oh, mountain. Oh, yeah. It was serious, yeah. Because there's this sickness that you get where your brain or your lungs swell. And when that happens, it's, you know, people can die. And so you got to get people down as, quick, as quickly as you can. And so for some reason, my genetics are just, have been so far, you know, set up where I, I can go high and I have large lung capacity, kind of like a Lance Armstrong used to have, you know. And it doesn't affect me. Now, we'll see how things play on Everest. But um, I can only tell you what I know today. And then after that, I went to, to, to Denali. And you get back to, the, like, the weights. And up there, there's no assistance to help you to get up and down. So I'm carrying 137 pounds up a mountain, if you can imagine that. A backpack? It's a backpack and a sled, 137 pounds. And you're going up the steepest hills, deep snow, crampons, ice axe, all these things. You're all roped in. And, you know, to pull that much weight and to be and sleeping on the ice for three weeks in minus 40 degree weather is challenging. It's tough. And it's kind of like going through those old two days that we, we used to go through where it's really a test of attrition of trying to make it through six weeks, two days and getting ground and beat up. Wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard. So ultimately, I, I was able to climb that mountain in this last uh, January of this year. Mm -hmm. um, I was down in Antarctica, which is a whole nother world. Um, Antarctica. Antarctica. It's only penguins, and that's about it. You know, nothing actually <laughs> breathing down there is is around. And I was able to 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 scale that mountain called Mount Benson. So here we so are. Being in an environment, you and I playing football, teammates are important. Yeah. Do you have teammates? In you these sure journeys? do. Yeah, yeah, and, and you sure do. And and that's kind of been one of my things that is is has been frustrating for me because in the NFL, you know, we have all different talents you know you you were a, a phenomenal player um you. and you were at the upper end but even at the lower end which is probably where i was in somewhere mm -hmm. you know you either make it or you don't right if you're part of that 53 man you always have better players and but there's nobody awful correct right and in in, in mountain climbing in a lot of cases there's no there's no barrier of entry. So a lot of times you have people that watch a movie, right, about Everest or mountain climbing, and they want to be that guy. Just like some of the fans want to be those guys sure. like you or I, sure. but they can't actually be out there. So you find yourself with those guys, and you're tied together through with a rope, and your life is dependent on with them. With those guys? With some of those guys. Not all of them, some of them. Yeah. At least with the league, you got to go through three years removed from high school yeah. before you're eligible to get drafted. Well, and even at that, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a wild yeah. card, right? That, that, that's but a, what I'm saying, at least you have some kind of experience yeah. of playing a game. Yeah, exactly. You're tied to some people yeah. who you've seen no film on. No, no. And they, 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 all, think, they all think that um, they can make it and they can do it. And then you get into these very hairy situations and, you know, you just, they're not prepared. They haven't, we talked about preparation meets right. opportunity, all these things, they haven't done it. You know, on Everest, there's a, there's a 4%, there's a, there's a 4% um, uh, risk of when you go up there that you're not coming home. In other words, like this last 4%. year, like, you know, 13, 14 people died last year, right? 
But I was climbed with one of those guys who's still sitting up on the top of Mount Rainier, and he did not do the work. He did not do the preparation. So I look at it a little bit differently, like let's focus on the 96% of the things that you can do, like move to a town that's at 6,000 feet, like go up in the mountains every, every single day, like make sure you're big and strong, you do CrossFit, and, and you, you put yourself in the best position possible to actually make that thing happen. So you come back, I see, you know, my goal is to see my daughters and, and I want to, you know, I'm not going there to die. I want, I want to go there and I want to have a successful outcome. Mm-hmm. So I got to have that kind of mindset to start. Do you climb with pictures of your girls? <laughs> They're on my phone all the time right here. <laughs> Every sa- and I'll tell you another thing about that. You're right. Um, because it, it, when you get in the mountains and you're that long and that isolated, um, where there's no cell coverage and there's nothing else, you know, what I do have is I have memories and I do have my photos. And, and it becomes very important, especially when things get very stressful, that I focus on the things that matter the most. And the things that matter the most are my closest friends, my relationships, my daughters. And mm-hmm. without them, then what's life, right? It's all about that at the end of the day. What you just described, and as other legends are listening, when you say preparation meets opportunity, yeah. you, you got committed to this. Yeah, big time. And some of the challenges sometimes as legends, the transition difficulties, besides just leaving the game, maybe not when you wanted to. It's the ability to get committed to something else. And you did it with mountain climbing. Well, let me tell you about this, too. And yeah. this is probably the biggest lesson that I've learned. And if I, could, if I could impart this to anybody, I would say by stepping into the fear, it has created the greatest, not just opportunities, like not financial or anything, but just the greatest rewards um, coming back to me the relationships, how I've grown, how I've really had to get introspective about myself, my feelings, where I want to go, get really clear. Um, it's helped me be really committed towards something. And, and the best thing of all this is, and this really was um, brought to my attention when I was asked to be in the first um, class with Chris Long and Waterboys, mm-hmm. Nate Boyer, and that is this whole thing about going down to um, Africa, to Tanzania, right. raising money for the people in the Serengeti and the Maasai tribe and uh, building water wells. And so I actually have partnered, Jim Moore and I partnered together and raised $47,000 and built our own well, mm-hmm. which was really touching to both of us because we're the only ones in that group that did that. But um, something that's near and dear to my heart, and, and as things have gone have all played out. I've now have this platform of 400,000 people that follow my journey. Hmm. And my daughter, my younger daughter, who's over in Arizona that we were just yeah. talking about, has a form of epilepsy. And so she yeah. has daily seizures. And so I last year I, I, I called the National Epilepsy Foundation and they want to partner with me on this climb. So my goal is to raise $29,029, which wow. is the height of Mount Everest. And and because now I have this platform, which I never thought of years and years ago, and it was really about initially about me just getting out of my funk and giving me some direction to go. Um, it, it is it is just you know become this gift that I can give back to her in terms of no money goes directly to her or me on my climb or anything, mm-hmm. but but it goes to the National Epilepsy Foundation and just trying trying to create more awareness and dollars. So hopefully one day she can drive, she can ride a bike, she can play on monkey bars like all kids do. You mentioned feelings. Introspection. Yeah. 
football players, we don't want to a lot of time talk about feelings more. No. Tell me about that. Well, um, I, I think it's a it's a place as 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 we're going through um, from little league to tough guys, high school, college, tough guys, right? And it's it's hit them, go crush them, you know, take them out, you know, all this kind of stuff, and it, it is. It took me 50 years before I figured out the actual 50. 50, the more vulnerable that I can become, the actual greater strength I can show. Because just like you, you walk in a room, you know, you carry something, right? And I know, I now know that when I walk in a room, I carry something, right? And, and what do you mean when you say carry well, something? Well, I mean, I, I, I don't, I guess back in the day, I would have thought maybe that guy's going to think I'm a candy ass or something, right? <laughs> And, and it's just like the more that you share, the more other people have been able to open up to me and the more um, I've been able to, and I think my daughters have had a big component with that and me, with me too because they're very sensitive and, and they're very communicative and it's really helped me bring out the things that I really need to share and I need to communicate and be a better listener, you know, and things like that. And so, again... It has made my life way more rich because of my ability to share experiences that I've gone through, which have been honest and real. Your daughters have helped you. Yeah. What was it like becoming vulnerable to your daughters as a man? Yeah. What was that like? Well, I think they, you know, sometimes... The student teaches the teacher, right? And I think the way they've been super honest and the way, especially with, um, well, both of them have brought something a little bit differently to the table, but with my younger daughter who has epilepsy and um, her sister, um, Claudette, who's sitting here, has dealt with it when she's had a grand mal and she's laying there and she's in your arms and you don't know if she's going to die. And I get a call from her roommates in Tucson saying, you know, she just had a grand mal seizure, her eyes rolled back, and she's turning blue. You mm. know, what that does to somebody. And so, like, all this, this the, the, the cool and the toughness and all that stuff kind of goes out the door, and what's really important is really what's real. And so that's, in, in one sense, that's, that's made me open up more. And on the other side, with, I think, Claudette, it's just opened my heart and, and the way that we can come together as a family and make this thing you know, help her in the best possible way. You retired from the NFL and received legend status over 30 years ago. Yeah. Take us through your journey to business. What type of business are you in? Well, first of all, I'm an executive for Sports Illustrated. So I'm in a pretty good spot now. And um, But coming on, and I think when I say this, and I think you would agree, mm-hmm. that through the trust and some other programs they have now, it's a whole different animal today than it was back when we were Correct. retiring, certainly when I was retiring. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what to do. And I was down here in, in Los Angeles, and I just didn't have a sense of, I wanted to do something great, I just didn't know what that was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I would love to say that I retired from the game, but really I got thrown out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that happens to a lot of guys, sure. right? Sure. And so now you're in this position where, you know, what you want to do is is like figure out how do you get to the next step. Ultimately, I ended up where I started my own businesses and marketing 
um, company. I was I would go to Microsoft. I'd go to Amazon, Expedia, companies that were really blossoming in the Seattle area, which we'd move back to. And I was doing all kinds of different projects for them. I, I did a significant amount of work for Starbucks. Um, had a contract for over 14 years there. It was pretty lucrative. Um, and so that just kind of led, one thing led to another, and mm-hmm. it just really led me down the path of, of learning and curiosity and, and trying to figure things out. And so one thing led to another, which then led into the, the whole digital age and really wanting to have a thirst of a knowledge of like, where can that go and how can I fit my skill set? And so um, anyways, I'm with a, a group that um, we just took over Sports Illustrated. Right. It's a... It's a media company, and it's been going great. And before that, I was at scout.com. A lot of people know that for the recruiting college content and high school recruiting. So, you know, been involved in that, and it's really exciting to, uh, you know, be full of life and especially be associated with an iconic brand like SI. Now, early on in your marketing business, did you physically go to these corporations? Yeah. I mean, did, did you use relationships? How did you make contact and inroads into these corporations? Well, you know, like in Starbucks, I just found out, I ended up, you've been to, a, everybody's been to a Starbucks right. and they have those green outdoor market umbrellas that you go sit under. Right. I did every single market green umbrella for Starbucks for 14 years um, in North America, South America, and Asia. What, what do you mean you did them? I manufactured them. So I didn't know how to do any of this. I called, I, I found out that they were maybe looking for a new vendor. I called up Starbucks, the front line, and said, I'm looking for the, the person the, the, the person at Starbucks that um, is in charge of, of ordering all the outdoor market umbrellas. Didn't even know what one was. I got on the phone and said, hi, my name is Mark, and this is what I do, and I can give you and produce the best possible green outdoor market umbrella you've ever seen. And she goes, okay. So she said, <laughs> it took me two and a half years, two and a half years to get that account. By just keeping at it, figuring it out, I went overseas. I started a um, uh, overseas um, uh, hire two people in Hong Kong that would then help me manufacture things in in uh, China, and then we'd route them back and put them on big containers and route them to the East Coast and the West Coast. And so I had no idea what I was doing, and at the time, who does that, Mark? I don't know, but I did. <laughs> I did for 14 years. Right? Sorry. Yeah, and it. Uh, I mean, but private- where does this come from? Where, where, how do you go to Starbucks, look at a, a umbrella, and decide I'm going to? I will call them, not knowing anything. This has been the NFL Legends podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.